Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Fritz Werder. He is the Senior Director for Silicon Labs' Life Business Unit. How are you doing, Fritz? Great. How are you, Rich? Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm doing fine, and you're welcome. So interesting title, Life Business Unit. What is what is that? You, I'm not even going to joke around about that because I don't <laughs> know what I'm What do you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at, at Silicon Labs, we've got uh, a couple different businesses. We're focused on the home side as well as life and then industrial and commercial. So I specifically am focused on segments within life such as portable medical, um, as well as connected health and wearables. So really what that means is we're both um, supporting our teams that are out working with device makers and developers that are creating uh, Internet of Things devices in those areas, and then also driving those requirements into the company so that we can continue to evolve our roadmap to to meet those ever-changing needs of device makers. So it's really kind of both an external um, focused role on the strategy and, and support, as well as it's driving internally where we go in those particular market segments. So are, are, are your customers in most cases, the big medical device companies, the Medtronics, Johnson Johnson, people like that? Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely focused on large device makers, um, but we also have, you know, rep agencies and, and field sales teams and FAEs that will support the, the longer tail of, of medium to smaller size device makers. But certainly larger companies such as those that you mentioned are, are definitely within scope of what we're talking about. And that could be um, CGM market, BGM markets, it could be pulse oximeters, it could be uh, weight scales, it could be all any any type of connected health product that really is geared at the consumer is what my team is focused on. You had me there until CGM, BGM. What is that? So continuous glucose monitoring or blood glucose monitoring. So that's a okay. definitely an, an area yeah, of, I don't, of I don't growth. Read, I don't know what those acronyms are yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, but when you talk about glucose monitoring, I was having a discussion not too long ago with somebody who's telling me that something happened with the FDA and the approval process where we're going to start seeing these glucose monitors in a disposable fashion on lots of people's arms. Fill me in on this. What did I hear and what's fact? Yeah, I, so so definitely Silicon Labs and, and my team, we're, we're betting big on um, the mer- uh, medical wearables market and it's really driven by a couple different things. One, the pandemic um, changed, you know, consumers' expectations of of really being able to how, when, and where, you know, they can access medical care. And so Why, things like let me interrupt you. Why did the pandemic have something to do with that? So just because people were were staying in homes and they're looking for for new ways to be able to access information about their health. So whether it's telehealth or whether it's portable medical devices, that definitely was a driver, as well as just overall the aging population um, continuing to expand. And what you were hitting on with, you know, the FDA in particular, they're they're looking for accurate measurements as that evolution is happening to the consumer um, moving into things like um, continuous glucose monitoring, like you're saying with patches on people's arms. 
that becomes really important that they want to make sure it's done right. And so device makers are looking for opportunities, not only to accurately measure that information, but also really focused on enhancing their security. And that's a, a across IoT, that's a big deal, but in particular in the medical area and the wearables area, that's a, that's a, a big one. And then you've got things like maximizing power and, and performance for battery life. I want to correct myself. As I was saying that, I was saying it, it wasn't the FDA. It was actually Medicare, Medicaid, and I always get those two confused. But aren't they, wasn't there something past that they could start paying for these devices now where, where they wouldn't pay for them in the past? There are definitely different models um, around the world. I'm not familiar specifically with, with what you're speaking about, but the FDA is definitely ensuring that, that portable medical devices are adhering to the latest requirements around data security and measurements and so forth. But in, in terms of Medicaid, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay. certain about that. But aren't these disposable devices that we're referring to? Yeah, often they are disposable. They could have anywhere from 15 days up to... 20 some days of, of life. So yes, they, they often are disposable devices, not in every case, but, but a lot of them are. Yes. But that's not, you just wear it for 15 or 20 days and you're done. That's you wear it for 15 or 20 days. You throw it away and you put another one on, right? Yeah. Based on whatever the, you know, prescribed requirements are for it. So aren't there like millions of people who need these things that might have to go on somebody's arm for every two or three weeks? Yeah, there are. And you, you hit on why we're so excited about the space and, and why Silicon Labs is investing so heavily to, to be a player in this, because we definitely see that there's trends like miniaturization that's going on. Um, you know, the ability to really deliver enhanced um, security features and then battery performance, whether it's distance related or whether it's like you're talking about with disposability that are driving this market. And that's where we can really help device makers. So I'm going back to what I said, because this is this is turning out to be a big number. If if I have to replace that thing, let's say 20 times a year, and there's a million people who have to do that. Uh, I'm not that good at math, but that's 20 million devices just for that one application. Is that, is it true what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, it's true. And, and also what you're talking about is it's growing internationally too. I mean, there's there's new international markets that are also recognizing this is a, a social issue and, and, and a health issue that they're, they're also digging into these market opportunities too. So we're seeing device makers not only in the U.S. Um, with what you described, but but also going into new markets in, in other regions around the world. So this so it's it's a big market. This device that okay, we just threw out 20 million of them. What would be in there? Is it just a an ARM-based Bluetooth transceiver? Is that enough? I obviously you need a battery and you need some sort of analog as well. Um, anything else? I mean, there, there, there's definitely different approaches. There's the the patch sort of wearable that's talking to it, the smartphone, that, that's one example. There's insulin pumps. That's another example um, of markets. And so it's within like the, the patch example, it would be like a Bluetooth chip that's communicating um, those measurements. And oftentimes there's a smartphone that's either optional 
or required for the solution where the end user can not only set up the device and be able to see the, the statistics that are being recorded by that Bluetooth connectivity, um, but be able to also have a record of, of each of those readings over the, the period of time. Is it possible that this could, be, I don't know, it's possible. Is it is it likely that we would be sending this information directly to somebody who can do something about it? Like if there's a medical emergency, sort of like your home security system, all of a sudden it dials out to a service center and they say, hey, your blood sugar is way out of whack. You need to do something. Yeah, obviously the, the data is relevant for not only the consumer themselves to understand the, the trends, but certainly for caregivers or medical professionals that are trying to monitor that. So that's also why data and, and security is so important because they don't want that information to get in the hands of hackers and, and other. But yeah, there's there's different audiences where the data is relevant for sure. Are there different levels of security required for a medical application than for my watch, for example, or, you know, an, an audio? Yeah, the, the, there are. I mean, there's there's definitely, um, you know, securities being defined um, by regulation, and that's evolving all the time as we speak. I mean, there's, there's trends more broadly in IoT, but then there's healthcare-specific um, regulations and requirements from the FDA and so forth that are being implemented on or implemented with device makers that they have to follow. So ab absolutely, and that's why you know Silicon Labs were we take this very seriously, and it's a big area of focus for us. So we've got whether it's our secure vault um, solutions that address the highest potential levels of security for those Bluetooth solutions. Um, we also have a, a custom part manufacturing service that we do for device makers that allows um, the device maker to inject specific keys and encryption directly into the devices as they're being manufactured. Are we ready to go to market with today's technology or are you guys developing the technology today that'll be ready when the next generation is out there? Both. It's here today. Um, we have customers with devices in the market for the last few years that are growing rapidly. Um, but most of those customers are also working on future generation products to continue to enhance features. Um, just as an example, size um, is, is an area where they continue to innovate. So being able to further miniaturize those solutions, battery life, um, power performance, getting down to, you know, in the area of 1.5 volt systems. Um, so we're definitely seeing strong performance in the market right now and there's solutions available today. For example, our BG27 solution from Silicon Labs provides um, a, a very small form factor option with what's called um, a, a chip scale package or CSP. Um, so there's options for that. And it has, you know, very long battery life. And we're seeing that adopted today, but we're also working on new solutions for device makers going forward. How much medical knowledge does your team have to have to develop these products? Anything? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to understand what's going on from a regulation standpoint, because that's critical to our customers. Um, we have to understand the, the market trends and the challenges that they're facing. So we meet constantly with our customers to be able to understand what they're trying to accomplish with next generation solutions and build that into our product roadmaps going forward. So whether it's 
power, whether it's size, um, you know, specifics around battery life that they're trying to accomplish. We need to understand in detail what the drivers are, where their schedules, um, you know, where we need to be in order to intersect with those next generation platforms. It's critical for us to, to be able to deliver on those needs. So yes, absolutely. We have to stay on top of all of that. Very interesting, Fritz. Very, very interesting. I'm going to stay tuned. And when my time comes, when I need one of these devices, um, I'm going to come to you. That sounds great, Rich. That was Fritz Werder. He is the Senior Director of the Life Business Unit at Silicon Labs. And I'm Rich Nask with Open Systems Media.